0: Hello! Welcome to the show! I'm your host, Jeff Kowalski. Uh, I have a big announcement at the beginning of the show. This is the first recording i have making uh, since I decided upon this thing that I'm doing. Um, this is going to be one of the final episodes of the show. Uh, Creepypasta will be ending at episode 200. Uh, this is, I believe, episode 194. So you'll be hearing this the first week of August. Uh, so then after that, yeah, you'll actually be hearing it on August 1st. So then after that, you'll have 195 on August 8th, 196 on August 15th, 197 on August 27th, 198... On August 29th and September 5th and 12th will be 199 and 200. So I'm getting some uh, guests together for one-off, chunkier episodes to sort of send us off. We're going to co- cover a couple stories that I've been meaning to cover, but just for whatever reason had never gotten around to. Um, we're we're going to be really celebrating to send the show off. Uh I already announced this on the Discord and in the Facebook group, um, but I uh I wanted to like announce it on the show. I just hadn't had any chance to because I hadn't recorded uh since then. So this is it. We're getting how many left? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, two hundred. Seven episodes left. This is one of seven of the extended finale. And we're talking about a story that uh, I think for the title of the episode, I will... Call Follow the Arrows because it doesn't have an actual title because it's just in the Reddit comments of a different post. Uh, Follow the Arrows was suggested to us by listener Ben Hare in the Facebook group. Thank you, Ben. And with me to discuss it is fan favorite guest in her final appearance on the show. Please welcome Ah, Catherine Marino.
1: ah, Hi. I can't believe it.
0: Right? I can't believe it. It's the end of the ride, but... uh, all good things must come to an end, uh, which seems weird that then I end would be game. ending this bad thing. Uh, <laughs> just playing um, No, it is
1: a good thing.
0: It's really nice to be recording about one story instead of having to fit in uh, two or three like I yeah. have in the past.
1: Like you said, it's a chunky Yeah,
0: we can, we can really uh, get off on a tangent. We can really dig deep on Follow the Arrows. Which is misspelled in my list with three L's. Yeah, that's why I
1: kept going. Follow the arrows. Did you not know why I was doing that? I didn't notice you ever do that. So. Oh, I did it like five times. Oh, when? Um, I don't know. Earlier. We have not so really now- been
0: talking about this story very much, so maybe you did it once and I didn't. Okay, I
1: did it twice, I think.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, well, it's certainly not on the episode. Anyway, this is Follow the Arrows, written by Reddit user FlossDaily. And this was, uh, nine years ago. Let me see if I can get the exact date. Uh, January 9th, 2010. Dun dun dun. So more than nine and a half years ago, uh, written as a comment, uh, like a whole comment thread, because it's a fairly chunky story, written as a comment thread on an chunky. Ask Reddit post titled, Hey Reddit, what awesome graffiti have you found in bathrooms? By a user who has since deleted their account. Uh, the post only got 428 upvotes. This comment, however, uh, got Reddit gold, um... It also it's so has shiny. A little badge with an S, so maybe there's Reddit silver too. I don't know. Uh, it also got 1,938 upvotes, um, which is very interesting because it's a fictional story. Uh, this this person took this um pro this asked Reddit as a prompt to write a story, which is a neat idea. Um, so I guess is like predating No Sleep. Um, I wonder, let me check when that. Um, when that subreddit was founded, I'm looking now community for nine years. It does not say. Oh, they were created March 24th, 2010. So oh. yes, uh, this story predates No Sleep the subreddit.
1: I wonder if it had any influence on someone creating that. Yeah,
0: it definitely is like the same vibe as as No Sleep. Um, so. You, you did a little extra research. Do you want to get into that before the story or after?
1: Um, after.
0: Okay, so tell me what happens in this story.
1: So, um, the story is about a dude... And this dude um, is, lives on Long Island, and he uh, is at his favorite bar slash pub slash whatever. And he notices uh, for the first time that there's glow-in-the-dark arrows in the bathroom. And they seem to be leading somewhere, and it's a story about him uh, following the arrows and trying to figure out how to follow them, uh, especially in areas where it's light all the time, so, you know, it's not going to glow in the dark. Um, And it's a lot of that, and just him following them, and then where he eventually ends up with his friends, um, who he has to convince, but then get into it.
0: friends Dave and Jeff.
1: Mm-hmm. You were there, yeah, Jeff. Was I there. was
0: in this story, actually. Yes. I remember this very, uh, it was very
1: terrifying. I died. Yeah. Um. Yes. <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> Jeff has been a ghost this whole time. Yep. Um, so it ends up going to a uh, concession stand type place in an abandoned drive in movie theater. And, um, it's a trick. It's a trap. It's a tarp. Um, where they go into the basement of it and there's a mechanism that traps them and then creepy person guy comes and, uh, basically there's other bodies down there. He's killed a bunch of people since his inception of his glowing arrow trick and um but in this uh case they managed to contact the police and but one of the characters does die via gas and um because he pumps gas into the chamber to knock them out and uh both of them do get uh injuries and they're like high school age at this point i think maybe just graduated and at the end they do go off to college but uh they're like kind of uh they share a dorm room, and they're, you know, they have a different experience of life and have uh, visual injuries that kind of set them apart. And uh, yeah, one of them
0: uh, has, like, trouble seeing and talking, I think, too.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh, I think, at one point he says he's, he's, he wears an eye patch, and Another, but he has his eye, and another one he says he doesn't have an eye, so I don't know, really. But, um... Yeah, and uh, a, a policeman is killed in the attempt to rescue them, so it's it was a thing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those weird stories where it's like, if you wanted to make it believable, you would have given us less details, because you can verify with the first and last name, or at least put in, like, I've changed the names of the people, mm-hmm. um, but no, doesn't, say that, just as, like, yep, here's the first and last name of this police officer who was killed by a serial killer. And it's like, (laughs) we just Google that and know it's not real. I mean, maybe that's not part of the fun for this guy. Uh, Actually, I guess I don't know the gender of the author. Uh, It is is a uh, a male. Maybe that's, like, part of the fun, not part of the fun for for the author here. Um, Like, pretending that it's real. But, I don't know. It's like... You could though. You could pretend it's real. That might be enjoyable.
1: Apparently he still gets, uh, messages asking him if the story's real. <laughs> or at least he did when he posted about it, uh, maybe a few years ago. <laughs> So, people do think it's real, but I mean, it's the internet, so. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's, um, the, the author is currently on a hiatus to finish a novel and take care of his family. Um, was there any other research that you got besides that? Uh,
1: yeah, um, so the author's name is Joshua Vogel, and, um, he apparently that was like kind of his first attempt kind of writing something on Reddit. It just kind of, uh, hit him to respond in that way. And, um, sorry, my cat is eating the microphone. And, um, he then started writing more and made his own subreddit to work on his writing. And, um, he was very into that and very much encouraged him. And he actually worked on a draft for a novel and, um, then decided to take a hiatus because uh, Reddit was taking up too much of his life. Um, but he, this apparently kind of spurred him because there's a lot of comments on that one one-off thing he did, um, encouraging him, like, oh, you should be a writer, you should be a writer, and yeah. he took that to heart and uh, worked more. I didn't read any of the his other stories that are posted, but um, apparently that really spurred him on and led him to write a first draft of a novel called Sterile, which I do not believe he has published yet. There's a page on Facebook about it, but it mm-hmm. doesn't have any info, so...
0: I want to see, um,
1: is there... I've got, like, a... Hi there,
0: uh, story, uh, post. It's like, yeah, okay, let me look at this person's subreddit. Taking a hiatus, still here. Someone is saying still here on the subreddit. Um, which is interesting, because they're basically being like, uh, yeah, I'm still here, I want to know how your story <laughs> ends. Okay. Um, a lot of people are being like, "I want to know how all of these serialized stories you were doing." And please tell me. Um, I've got "Sterile Novel" available for pre-order, and then I click on it, and it's not. It's not actually. There's nothing there. Um,
1: yeah, I don't think he actually got to finishing it, but that was, you know, a
0: joke by some user named Crow Um What kind of joke? Yeah, it's it's really weird. Um, I I want to know, like, what where this person went and what happened, but they just kind of vanished.
1: Yeah, I mean, life, I guess, probably.
0: Yeah, I
1: guess. <laughs> I mean, he has a family and a kid and stuff, and uh, his website is under construction.
0: Uh... Oh, did you find that actual website?
1: Oh yeah, it's uh, JoshuaVogel dot com. Oh, okay, <laughs> but right. there's nothing on it. It's, it's just, just a picture of him frustrated at a laptop. Are you
0: sure this Twitter
1: account uh,
0: FlossDaily Two is the right person?
1: Um, I did not go on Twitter, so oh, I do you know. found it through somewhere else. Yeah. Through a uh, thought catalog okay. where he has a little bio he wrote about himself. Uh he says I've done a lot of things, an archery instructor, a neuroimaging researcher, an attorney, a social media strategist, a web designer, a writer, and a dad. Um those are in order of importance and I think that he means the last one is the most important. Mm. Um <laughs> second to being a good father, I think I would at the end of things love to be remembered as a writer. I'm working on a couple of novels right now, but I never seem to have the time to finish them. Um the story you've seen posted here, which was the Follow the Arrows one, um, because he posted it on a different site um where he kind of polished it a little bit, he says. Uh, it was written live piece by piece over the course of a night with a wonderful audience cheering me on. Um, although this version is more polished, I don't know if the experience will translate perfectly. On Reddit, my short stories are written conversationally, clumsily, even which added to the realism. To this day on Reddit, I still get emails asking if the story is true. Um he shares it reluctantly hoping that the quality of his writing stays much better than it was back then. But I hope uh, you enjoy it. Writing it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> so I guess he's just, uh, doing other stuff right now.
0: Yeah. It's, um, he, he's still tweeting. Um, if you look at the Twitter, there's still like every once in a while, um, just sort of tweets about politics, the good kind, not the bad kind.
1: Hooray! Um, there's only one.
0: Yeah, uh, Two a couple times. links to Facebook posts. Um, actually, let me click, let me be a real creep and click the guy's <laughs> Facebook. Um, I don't want to put his personal life on blast, so I won't report back on the shocking, uh, things that I've found so far. Uh, not. I didn't by, know they
1: they let ghosts have Facebook accounts. Uh, yeah,
0: you get a memorial page. Um, uh, oh yeah, right. I can still oh, use it. Uh, actually not exactly. followed by anyone I'm following. Uh, seventy three followers. Oh, he his bio says that he's an unusually opaque ghost. So, oh. this episode's fully haunted.
1: One hundred percent guaranteed high quality haunted.
0: <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, it doesn't look like there's. Any updates on these books? But, you know,
1: who knows how old his kids are right now? Maybe, you know, even me, who has, like, no one else to take care of besides me and my cats, I will take years to finish things, so... Yeah. Um,
0: so, I'm gonna close that. I'm gonna close joshuavogel.com. Maybe he just never finished it. Maybe he got distracted by a video game like so many of us. Um, let's dig deep on this story. Looking now, I really like the idea of stumbling into a cool mystery this way, of, like, follow the arrows.
1: Yeah, it's Um, very simple, very intriguing. Yeah,
0: and then you don't see the arrows, but then you find it after. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, like, glow-in-the-dark is fun. It has a very escape-room vibe, which, uh, those... Yes! Times, those hadn't made it stateside around the time this story was written, so, uh, you can sort of see the, the cultural, uh, miasma from which such a thing arose, because we're all interested in the idea that we could stumble upon a mystery in a normal room, um, well, we're eating hot wings, and yeah, have to go to the bathroom. Exactly. Uh Here's where it loses me. Like, it's well-written. It's surprisingly well-written. Um Where it loses me is, why would the serial killer do any of that?
1: Yeah, it doesn't really get into motivations.
0: Yeah, it's just like, so he traps his victims by making an extremely difficult-to-follow series of clues that lead to his murder den.
1: I guess if you didn't want to have to like actively pursue almost like those spiders like the um the ones that sit in the tunnels the tunnel right. web spiders yeah. like you you don't want to go out and get them you want them to come to you here's the other
0: <laughs> weird thing about it is who is in our society most likely to carry a black light flashlight i have one are you, you, uh, are, you would not say that you're in a class of people who's likely to have one though, right? Could you there? think of, could you think of maybe a profession of
1: people? Uh, well, CSI. Yeah. Uh,
0: police officers. CSI are cops. Uh, so why would the serial killer be like, I'm gonna, make arrows uh that lead to my lair, and the people most likely to see that sort of thing are, at the very least, I didn't think Joseph. of it that way.
1: Huh. I didn't think of it that way, because part of it was, the some of the victims had obviously been there for, like, a yeah. couple decades or more, and I assumed that they had maybe found the arrows in other ways, because you could see the arrows in other ways than having a black light, um, uh, that was just one of the ways that illuminated the paint. Yeah, they glow used. in
0: the dark too. So yeah. I, I guess it's like but he does make sure to specify that they're more easily seen under the black light than in just plain darkness. Yeah. Um it's it's interesting. I guess the black light haver is not the intended audience because the serial killer obviously wants people to stumble into this place when it's dark out. Um, right. But it's I figured still, that maybe
1: the I thought maybe the street lights weren't quite as bright originally or like because this place has been closed down for a while so I thought maybe you know it just wasn't the same before it was easier to see the arrows or something. I, I couldn't I, I hadn't thought about that but that it is an interesting point that someone with a flashlight like he's trying to catch cops. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, or at least the curious.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I do, I like, if I'm willing to suspend my disbelief well enough to think, like, he put that glow in the dark paint down before he thought of that type of thing, or he just didn't care, um, then I can, I can do it. It's just very funny to me because I associate blacklight with, like, uh, crime scene investigation on cop shows.
1: I associate it with raves. And like those things from like those velvet paintings that would fluoresce.
0: Yeah, that's true. Those <laughs> too, but you don't usually uh, have like a, a handheld blacklight for that. Yeah, that that was yeah. That's the one where I'm like, this is like Elliot Stabler is pointing that uh, across a hotel where they're trying to find blood, and then there's an ominous music sting. <laughs> that it cuts to commercial. Um It's it's just like. Also the fact that he had to borrow the blacklight flashlight from someone. Um, yeah, from his,
1: uh, he was studying geology or in school and there was a handheld blacklight thing in one of the cases to see some of the rocks fluorescing and he asked if he could borrow it and they're like, yeah, but it's $45 so if you break it, he owes $45. Yeah, uh, that's
0: one of the weird things about it is why would a display case have a handheld light in there, and not just like a light Yeah, not was a
1: plug-in one.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, anyway. but I guess he had to figure out how to get one into the story. I did think it was a little funny, and I did like the, one of the first comments at the end of the story was right. someone just saying, "You owe them forty-five dollars."
0: Yeah, I like that
1: because
0: <laughs> he does uh, lose this flashlight through the course of the story. Uh, I did have to, like, go back and forth a little bit while I was reading it, because I hadn't realized... there. There's a really strange sequence here where he's talking about things that he would have noticed. Like, at no point in the story does he have the opportunity to resurvey the scene and notice those things that he would have noticed.
1: So it's a little strange. Um, I wondered if he was... Forced to go back or something like afterwards to testify, like you know, when doing a statement or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah trying to it doesn't find make, it quite here. make sense. Um, like, I would have seen the arrow pointing to the trapdoor or exactly. something. Exactly. He
0: says, "I dropped my black light on the floor and grabbed excitedly for a giant box of Necco wafers." Uh, Which is gross. Why would you do that? Necco wafers are good. Is why. First of all, how Um. dare you? Uh, And he says, "This has to be worth something." No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be worth something. Um, But (laughs) here's the offending paragraph. A little, a couple (laughs) sentences later, if I hadn't been in such a hurry to keep up with Jeff, I might have noticed that the black light I had dropped was illuminating some more glowing paint. And if I had noticed that, I might also have noticed that the paint made an arrow pointing directly towards this basement hatch. And if I had noticed that, it might have given me pause, but I did not notice these things. But
1: why would it have given him pause? Because they went in there anyway. Yeah,
0: a couple things here. One, you dropped the black light on purpose. Why... Like you did, you dropped it to pick up an old box of candy, and also you followed all these arrows into this abandoned shack. Why are you trying to play like it's any more ridiculous that you would go into the basement if the arrows were pointing there?
1: I guess the only the only reason why it would give me pause is because it is a basement and that is kind of creepy. But it didn't give him pause without even seeing the arrows so obviously they're game to go in a creepy basement in the first place I, yeah i didn't quite get that part i also didn't understand his whole description of the mechanism that trapped them but i just kind of ignored that whole part
0: yeah it, it the like it was a big like ceiling sized uh hydraulic arm uh iron bar
1: like which you don't need lights. a ceiling sized thing to construct a hydraulic cover for... Also, why? Why did you do that? Like, you could have just made a regular trapdoor.
0: Why would you put the contraption, the, like, contraption itself in the basement and
1: not above? Above the basement. Yeah. (laughs) I guess maybe so they would see it when they're in there, but then you could put it between the floorboards. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's just, like, it's such a weird... There's a lot of holes here, especially because, like, the hydraulic iron bars don't end up being any more difficult to get out than if he had just put something heavy on the trapdoor. Right. Uh, I guess the appeal is that it's automatic, Um, but I feel like there's, like, w- if you're already being, like, it uses motion detectors and it, like, sends the serial killer a text message, like, all right, he's already using, s- like, some sort of advanced technology, especially considering the story, uh, was posted in 2010, which was before we had, like, easily commercially accessible smart home stuff like this. Um, And plus, he'd been doing
1: this for years, so before there was texting... So well, yeah, that's true.
0: He had been doing it for a long enough like I think what it said there were 54 bodies or something. Yeah, it was
1: something insane.
0: Some of them decades old, like Yeah. Okay, so this is a recent like contraption of his.
1: Why? Why did I it change? Maybe it? he kept upgrading it or maybe he was maybe he was killing people before this in a different way and this was just his latest uh design.
0: Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. such a a weird thing, and I, you know, pretty much forgave all of it, because the is pretty well written. Yeah, because you don't really need to know. It's just, like, it's giving too much detail to the point, like, there's enough detail that I'm questioning
1: it. Yeah, like, you could just cut out a whole crapload of it, and it'd be better. Yeah. Which I guess, I, I mean, if you're just writing this kind of ad hoc, you know, I guess you don't really, I mean, that's what you would do if you revised it, so. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, the, I, I, I guess I get the impulse as an author to over-explain, but it's, uh, it's just very strange, because as much as I like it, I feel like the better horror thing would to not be doing so much like, here's uh, what the contraption that locked them in looked like. Just, I don't know, have it be a, a simpler trap or don't explain it. Um, or have them like pry the iron bars off by breaking the wood around it. Like, give me something else to latch on to, I guess is what I want.
1: Yeah, like if, if this were through a visual medium, like in a movie, mm-hmm. I can see you know you want to put the details in so it would make sense in a scene but yeah you don't really you have to simplify it for you know a written medium because it's we can't see it so it's not necessarily to, necessary to like put every single little action and every single little you know shape and and material and everything so i don't
0: know yeah it's it's um it's just, I think that one of the biggest things about creepy pastas that I've learned by doing this show is that so many of the people making creepy pastas are clearly not people who uh, whose primary primary engagement with stories is prose. I think that most people who are writing these stories, their primary way of absorbing stories is watching TV shows and movies. Which that's not a knock against TV shows and movies. Um, I think that the the art of filmmaking is just so different that when you're trying to write something and you're only sort of or I guess your main form of knowing about how stories are structured and how stories feel is through seeing movies and TV, you don't get a good sense of how to structure a short story or a novel. Um, you don't even get a good sense of moment to moment how to present events so that they cohere and so that they make sense to an audience who's reading it.
1: Yeah, because you have to let that audience, um, you have to give them enough prompt to see it in their head the way they're going to see it, but not so much that it, it clashes with the visual that they're forming in their own head, like, it's yeah, exactly. just... Yeah, exactly. You,
0: you have to give them, yeah, exactly, enough to, to form an image of what's going on, but if you do too much, like, this guy did a little too much, and so I got a little bit confused about what was going on, because he started to, like, over-explain the iron bar's mechanism mm-hmm. after I had already formed an image in my mind of right. what that looked like and how it worked.
1: Exactly. And I was like, wait, no, but that thing is, uh, well, I guess I don't really know what it looks like, but now I still don't know what it looks like.
0: Yeah. Uh, and another limiting part of the medium, especially with no-sleep style stories, is that they're written in the first person. So we as the audience have to discover things at the same time as the characters, but, like, not really, because they're also all written in the past tense. He could have explained how the mechanism worked as soon as uh, we, the audience, needed to imagine what it looked like, but that ruins the drama of the characters discovering the mechanism. But the entire point of the medium is not that they are characters, uh, engaging in plot devices, but that they are people experiencing real scary things with hyper realistic blood and eyes that look too, <laughs> they're, they're
1: too real. Yeah. There's too many teeth. There's
0: too many teeth smiling really big and long arms too long really. Um, and like that, it's, it's just. I don't know. There's, this is a well written story that is so very specifically a product of a specific type of online subculture. And I'm, um, still just as fascinated with it as I, as I was oh, yeah. two years ago when I, when I began to think about and formulate the, um, idea to start this show.
1: I think what I really like about it is how, about the whole creepypasta thing is, people, like, the whole process that this person went through, even if they never get to finish their book or whatever, it doesn't matter. He started it, he did a thing, he started this this small way, you know, just a writing prompt that struck him, and he went on, and people encouraged him, like, just regular people, uh, you know, the way the internet does, anyone can say anything, and it, or, you know, it urged him on to make his own little subreddit and his own stories and a thing that contributed to his life in a very meaningful way. Yeah. Um, his,
0: his subreddit got 2000 followers. Yeah. Pretty and good.
1: People are still asking, you know, what are you going to finish this? I really want to know. And like, you know, and he says in his little bio, like he'd like to be known after being a good father as being a writer. And I think he, he did that whether or not, you know, he's famous to, the world or just 2,000 people, you know, he did that. He gave people enjoyment and he didn't have to, um, you know, change the world. Just he changed the world for some people and that's enough. I think.
0: And that's been sort of my philosophy of podcasts. I've been making this show for the audience, primarily. And I have been careful to say that I've been um, making it for the audience, but also at the same time, not wanting to just uh, do exactly what people say at me. Um, and I think saying at me is a good way to describe it because a, a lot of the time people want this show to be something that I don't care for it to be. Um, and I'm, I've been very vocal about that the whole time, but I, I do appreciate that I've fostered the audience I have. And they're so um, willing to come along on this journey as I created the product that I wanted to create specifically. Um, and, and so it's, you know, I didn't, much like Joshua Vogel, Floss Daily, I didn't change the world, but, uh, I changed some people's lives for some amount of time, and I, I think that I've changed my life permanently. I've made friends who I'm gonna talk to for years. Uh, you and I are friends through this show, and yeah. there, there have been fans who have reached out that I've become friends with. Um, I, I, have um I don't know, I, I've become closer with people who I primarily interact with through Facebook or Twitter in a way that is much better, like people who I know from real life. Um either friends who I haven't seen in a while, or like friends of friends who I've only met once or twice, or people who I used to see a lot, but you know, our lives took us in different ways. This show has given me a way to keep connected with those people. And that's been uh, really nice. It's also been nice to have a creative outlet to um, talk about criticism, to not just criticize the stories, but to sort of philosophize about the nature of criticism itself. Um, I, I know that we get a lot into, like, the show isn't for authors. But whenever authors have listened, they've usually been uh, very receptive. They've listened to the show about their story, and we even the ones where we tore it apart, they were <laughs> like, yeah, it was like a very thoughtful discussion about my story, and I've always appreciated that.
1: And clearly, you know, when he reposted his story, uh, you know, a number of years later, even he was like, "I wouldn't write it this way," you know. Now, after practicing, you know, more, so like, obviously, uh, we all learn and grow, and um, yeah. (laughs) So he would probably agree too. I'm sure. Yeah. He probably knows all the things we said already, (laughs) which is fine. It's. it's but it doesn't mean it didn't, we didn't enjoy reading it and thinking about exactly. it.
0: Exactly. And it was meaningful to people. And that's the most important thing, I think, is that it was meaningful to people. Um, because a, a lot of stuff in this world just isn't. It's not going to grab <laughs> someone. Um, but I, I'm looking through the episode list now, and so many of these stories are things that are really meaningful to a lot of people. Uh, stuff like Candle Cove, our first episode. Uh, Ben Drowned was another one that was like, uh, that, that image persists. Uh, and it's connected to a game that's really important to a lot of people. Uh, stuff like the Halloween pranks that we covered in episode nine. Um, like these urban legends that just sort of proliferate. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, which is just oh. it's still a going concern. still yeah. Huge. Um, the, the little game we covered in the episode after that, episode 11, the uncle who works for Nintendo, sort of much like every, uh, not every, much like many creepypastas taking this sort of, um, millennial, maybe younger Gen X, um, cultural touchstone from our youth and turning it into something, uh, a piece of powerful horror, um, is very, interesting there's so many of them that is just like my pokemon game was haunted or there was this episode (laughs) of the simpsons where it was scary and all of that stuff is really cool and um i hope that it continues to get made long into the future long after the end of this show and i hope that i'm
1: uh, sure it will (laughs) uh,
0: well yes uh but i i also hope that someone out there will continue to um Think about it and examine it. And if, if anyone starts their own um, horror analysis show like this, I, I wish them the best of luck. Uh, just don't, just don't take the name, please. I'm
1: stealing it right now. Uh,
0: there's too many shows with the name Creepy Podsta. Uh This was. Uh, far and away the most. Are there really that many? There was, uh, there's one that has creepypodsta.com and facebook.com slash creepypasta. Uh, who He started way after me and has read, like, four creepypastas for a podcast, and that's it. Um, I think they would have Googled one. it first. The, yeah, there was, well, they probably did, because I did too, but uh, I, I discovered, like, one SoundCloud that had done three creepypasta readings and stopped doing them a couple months before the um, before the show, st- my show started. Um, and I was like, nah, that's defunct, so I'm just going to do it. Mm. Uh, and You
1: were established, man. Yeah, now established. I, I,
0: I became the most successful one. Oh, it ends and passes uh, back into trademark free territory, I guess. Um, it's It's just... You know, I, well, we're rambling. Let's get into the spookiest parts.
1: Um, hmm. You go first. <laughs> I forgot I think, to find one. Yeah,
0: I think the spookiest part for me is the fact that it is an abandoned lot uh, that used to be a drive-in movie theater, and there's like, there's something creepy about, like, it. it it's in the middle of Everywhere, like you see an abandoned lot with a little, or there. I I think what we see a lot of these days is like a parking lot in front of an abandoned like Bradley's or whatever.
1: <laughs> yes, and like oh, you mean the one in front of the Sears here?
0: <laughs> you could exactly like you could just there. There was um. In, in Jersey, near where I used to live before I moved to the city, there was an abandoned mall. And it's yeah. like, you don't know what's going on inside of there. The idea that someone's using these, um, abandoned spaces for something foul is a very compelling idea to me.
1: One of the interesting things about, um, Florida is that there is a, it's, you know, since it's not as densely Populated, you know. I used to live in New Jersey too, and I mean, things get abandoned, but you know, there's more turnover, I would say, because um, there's less space to work with um, in the populated areas, not like pine barrens areas, but or pinelands, it's called now, whatever. But um, in Florida, there's a lot more abandoned stuff that just gets covered in plants immediately. And, um, you know, it's, there's a, a lot of that and, um, you can't even see it that it's there until you suddenly are walking by and are like, oh, there is a whole building back there and I've never even known there and I've lived there here five years. Like, it's very strange. Um, and I can, I can see something like that happening here though. The parking lot probably would have been turned to. Plants almost immediately, anyway, but um, I, I, can, I can see that like very clearly. Um, it not being bought for you know 30, 40 years, and yeah. uh, no one even noticing it because there's too much crap around it. It's, yeah, that is creepy. Yeah, and, and people definitely using the things uh-huh. for sure.
0: Um, what was, there used to be, like, a a sort of shack in a parking lot that could be, you would see it, and it would, they used them for different things. I think one was, like, one-hour photo processing, and another was, um, like, bank, like, uh. Yes, a tiny bank, bank. The The tiny bank. bank. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was the name of the, the photo processing? One-hour photo. Is, is that what it was? I thought it was, like, a specific brand had...
1: Um, it might have been Kodak's. The
0: photomat, there it is. Oh, Photomat,
1: oh,
0: I don't know. Uh, F-O-T-O-M-A-T, Photomat had the little drive through booths, uh, kiosks in parking lots, and when I was thinking empty parking lot, I was thinking of, like, a Photomat booth, or, like, a little tiny bank, uh, out in the middle of, like, a strip mall that's been abandoned, um, also, Photomat was one of the first companies to offer movies for rent on videocassette. Huh. December 1979. That's very fun. huh? huh. There, would, there would be a, a catalog and then they'd call and order uh, their movies and they could go pick them up at the Photomat kiosk. And
1: they cost $70 billion.
0: $12 per title for five days rental. Oh, huh. um, that's not that bad. Is, that is equivalent to $40 in 2016 money, but Uh, oh, they did lower the price to $10 for a five-day rental. But here's the thing. VCRs cost a lot. VHS tapes back then cost like $300 for one tape. So it's like very reasonable when you consider that.
1: And I think, I think the VCR we had was originally like our first VCR. I believe it was like $500. Yep. Like in then money or seven hundred, something insane. And all it had was play <laughs> stop. I remember
0: <laughs> when um the PlayStation 3 came out, it was famously one of the cheapest Blu-ray players on the market. Yeah, that's and why it, everyone had it. Yeah, exactly. And it launched for Everyone remembers the price because they announced that, like, it was a huge selling point, $599 U.S. dollars. Now you can get a Blu-ray player for 20 bucks at CVS. But why would you? Yeah, it's... I mean, yeah, you don't need to anymore. Why would you exactly? Because, like, either you're streaming your movies... Or you already have a PlayStation 3 or 4 or an Xbox One. thats I'm just kidding. Nobody has an Xbox One. Um, I have an Xbox One. It's just not hooked up. I also have an Xbox One. <laughs> um, I, the only reason I use it right now is because my PS4 is broken. <laughs> but I still just use the Switch to play games, pretty much. Uh, and that's only because Switch doesn't have enough video apps. They only have YouTube and Hulu right now.
1: I have a problem because now my TV is quote-unquote obsolete, even though it's not that old, and I can't play the CBS streaming All Access on it anymore, and I need to watch me my new Twilight Zones.
0: You have an Xbox One, right?
1: Um, it's not hooked up because it doesn't work.
0: Oh, the console doesn't work? or it Yeah,
1: in no the workies.
0: Uh, oh well. Yeah. Uh, if you get yourself a Roku or something, you have. access.
1: That's what I'm thinking of doing because I'm thinking of I still have stinking cable and it is so much money. Yeah. And I'm thinking of just getting rid of it. Do you as... have a
0: Do you have a, a Android phone or iPhone? iPhone. Okay, I was gonna say, uh, well, I mean, and I can't guess, broadcast to the TV. If you have a hundred bucks to drop, you could get a Apple TV, but, um, Roku and Chromecast are both much cheaper. I was but-
1: thinking of asking for one of those for Christmas or something because I just can't take the cable cost anymore. It's just Go- so insane for like the two things I want to watch that, you know, where everything else is just streaming. Yeah. So.
0: I would say go for, uh, Roku because it's cheaper and because you have an iPhone. Um, the, yeah, Pro- I just, the Chromecast yeah. I don't think works with iPhones. I couldn't be wrong. Mm, with. I don't think so. Uh, it might work with like certain apps or something, but you can get a Roku for like 20 or 30 bucks, I believe, the cheapest one. Um, cause you don't need like 4K streaming or anything like that. No. Um, anyway, this isn't the Roku cast, but if you guys are oh. Roku, you can Where go sign I? up for Shudder and stream <laughs> all of your favorite, uh, horror movies that no one's ever heard of.
1: Did you watch uh, the the recent season of Stranger Things? Yes. I'm just checking.
0: Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Uh, yeah. That, uh, pretty good. I guess yeah. if, we, if we do our creepy recommendations right now, I recommend watching, if you hated season two of Stranger Things, Jump Back In season three is much better. Probably the best season.
1: I... I wish there was more of the Upside Down. That's my one request, because it's so creepy, and that's my favorite part. But I liked the character development. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, so.
0: Yep. I liked that the bad guy was not a CGI uh a uh, CGI gorilla or whatever this time, like it usually is. <laughs> I, I really, really hate yeah. CGI monsters on TV shows because they look bad, and there's no reason why the so-called Demogorgon could not have been a man <laughs> with a <Demogorgon>. mask on. <laughs> Um, I will sorry, pronounce it that way. I to make Every fun, time fun of you. am sorry.
1: I'm sorry. It is not
0: a Demi Gorgon with an I. It is a D E M O G O R G O N. <laughs> and also, it's not one of those either. That's a no, DD monster that doesn't look like that.
1: No, they just picked a name.
0: I know. They're and just picking names. It's
1: fine. At least
0: Mind Flayer made sense. Yeah, that did make sense. It's like, it did what a Mind Flayer does Indeed. Don't do it. Don't switch. Don't switch. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. No, that's season two. Oh, yeah,
1: that's the true. The Mind
0: Flayer. The Mind Flayer, um, yeah. anyway, the, the Demogorgon is like a, a sort of griffin-type thing with two baboon heads and, like, snakes for arms. It doesn't look like that at all.
1: But that also, like, sounds like a chimera, which is yeah. anything.
0: Yeah, chimera is the, the category I was thinking yeah. of, not griffin. A griffin is, I guess, a type of chimera. Um
1: Yeah, unless but, yeah. you're going for, like, legit... The
0: Demogorgon oh, cool. has like chicken feet, a snake body with four snake arms, and its two heads look like, uh, like baboon dragons.
1: Ooh, baboon
0: dragons. It's just like, it doesn't look like that weird flower-faced monster that very easily could have just been Doug Jones in a mask, but instead they made it a whole CGI creature that looks terrible.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, guess I did, the- I did like the, the, the mind player this season though. I did right. like that. It was it good.
0: It's also been Javier Bo- uh, Botet. Botet. Javier Botet. Um, he's the other long, skinny actor that we have playing monsters and stuff.
1: Uh, <laughs> Quick, get me your was, long, skinny actors.
0: Uh, he was the slender man. Um, oh, he has Marfan syndrome. That's why he's long and skinny. Um, he was the... Um, what is it called? The he plays the Hobo Monster in It and the Crooked Man. That's it. The Crooked Man in The Conjuring too. All of the ghosts in Crimson Peak oh. and uh, one of the Whites in Game of Guess Force. why I saw Crimson Peak and he was Slenderman.
1: Guess why I saw Crimson Peak. Guess
0: and, uh, guess where? Guess why? Guess why? Yes. Um, because Loki is in it.
1: Yes, correct. You are correct.
0: Yes. You um, get the prize. I'm sorry that you watched that bad movie. No, it's fine. Fine I, is exactly how I describe <laughs> it.
1: I got to see him. I got what I wanted. Yeah. And I got to think about that house.
0: I really like that part where um, in any other movie, he would have just been like fallen over and been considered dead. Yeah. Um, when he gets stabbed in the cheek with a small knife
1: no. um, yeah, but no, in this that's movie he's happen. like
0: I can't believe you stabbed me in the cheek with a small knife and he slowly great. extracts it from his face it's so good that's the best part of that movie was... that I think is otherwise unremarkable
1: I made mean, my dad go see it with me it's uh, I think a lot about that movie
0: in the same category as Prometheus where it's a movie oh, yeah. that has like one or two scenes that totally whip ass and then the rest of the movie sucks it <laughs> eggs uh, real hard. Um, The two scenes in Prometheus, which I've probably talked about on this show a thousand times, are where Charlize Theron explodes a dude with a flamethrower. Yeah. Um, And then the other part is where Numi Rapaz uh, does surgery on herself in, oh. in the uh, surgery pod, and does a, um, she sets the machine to emergency abortion to get the monster out of her belly. It didn't
1: even have that as a setting. It just had yeah. get rid of a foreign body, basically.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh, and then when she, after she does that, she's screaming, crying, bleeding down the blinking hallway, um, which I think is, is Ridley Scott's, uh, his his core competencies when yeah. running down screaming running down blinking hallways and still somehow getting through it yep and i could not tell you the names of any of the characters from that movie except Doesn't the matter. robot the robot david because of all those excellent commercials for the movie that are just com- there. the ads for the movie are commercials for the robot model that is in the movie <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's enough about Prometheus and we shared our spookiest parts about Follow the Arrows, so we will stop talking about oh yeah, we got almost an hour out of this one. Pretty wow. good. Um Tell the people where they can find you if they would like to interact with you beyond the life of this show.
1: The only thing I really do right now as far as social media is Discord, uh, which uh, is Xyloart X-Y-L-O-A-R-T and my Uh, discriminator is 9975 and I'm on like 65 different uh, uh, discords mostly Pokemon ones but not all
0: (laughs) if you would like an invite to the discord for this show you can DM Catherine or me you can find me on snapchat and instagram jeffjk on both of those platforms you can find me at masteron.cloud slash at jk uh the Twitter for the show is CreepyPodsta. I would recommend keeping us in your podcast feed because I'm going to throw some of the Patreon stuff up here after the show ends. Um, and every once in a while on a holiday like Friday the 13th or Halloween I may post up uh, a treat for you. So episode 200 is the end. Necco wafers? Of, uh, yeah, I'll put some Necco wafers up there. Episode 200 is the end of the show. Um, but I, I uh I know that uh I know that I have a lot of content that you guys haven't heard if you're not on the Patreon. Uh so I'll be posting that up there and I, I know that I'll probably get bored at some point this summer and there's a lot of public domain scary stories, and I may start posting readings of those every once in a while, just to give you something to, to chew on. Um so the show the show will end, but the, the spirit of the community will live on. Uh as I say
1: we are. Yeah,
0: as long as you keep these words in mind, follow the arrows